guys. Good morning again. Glad you guys are here. If I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell, and I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch. Thanks for being here this morning. It was just so great to worship with you guys. Thanks for just kind of leaning into that moment this morning, just exalting Jesus. It's always worth a few extra minutes just lifting him up. Amen? Anybody else like that besides me? I liked it. Um, thank you for following me if you were following me. But, man, he's just so worthy of our praise, and it's so right for us to spend time in his presence. Literally, if that's all we did on Sunday mornings, we just stared at him and said he's holy, it would be worth our time. We were created for him and for his glory and to worship him and experience him in his presence. I am going to preach the word this morning, but we come to, to know him, to experience him together. So, so sweet. Thanks, worship team. Let's give it up for the worship team. Thanks for leading us in that moment. Wherever you are, worship team. Wherever you are. I don't know where you are. Okay, a couple um, uh, announcements or kind of reminders before I jump into the message this morning. So, um, one thing. Oh, let me talk about that day of prayer and fasting. So, that's coming up on September 27th. Who loves fasting? No, you don't. What's wrong with you? <laughs> okay, so uh, most normal human beings don't like fasting uh, because we like to eat, but uh, in Scripture you see this, this principle. You know, there's some verses you like to highlight, but there's some verses you wish you had a Sharpie and just kind of like, you know, could take out. Anyway, sorry, it's kind of strange for a pastor to say that, but fasting is one of those things, I've thought about at least, but it's in there, and Jesus fasted, and there's just something about saying no to a, even a, a fine desire of your body to spend ex more extended and focused time on the Lord and, and talking to him and engaging with him and reading his word and praying. And so we do this um, a few times throughout the year, just sometimes uh, together. This first round in this fall is just one day, all right? So one day in the spring, there might be another fast that's longer than that. But anyways... Um, would encourage you guys, especially if you've never fasted before, just try it out. You can start with one meal, but the, the whole point of fasting is just to set apart time that you would be eating to focus in on the Lord and to just be filled with Him, but also to partner with Him in different things that we're praying for. So there's different things we're going to be asking God for breakthrough in, in our personal lives, in our church, and also in Northwest Arkansas. How many of you guys want to see breakthrough in this region? You want to see God move? You want to see, yes, we want to see His kingdom come. And uh, when we connect with him and partner with him in prayer and fasting, it really works and it helps. So I would encourage you guys to jump in. That's a Tuesday, two Tuesdays from now, and um, it's going to be a great time. And then the second thing um, was I want us to take a little bit more time to talk about life group, okay? Everybody say life group. Okay, so um, we talk about life group literally every single week. And if there is one other thing that Antioch does besides gather on Sundays, it's life group. So we could have a hundred different programs and different activities, but there is one activity that we do. It's called Life Group. And I want to just encourage you guys, if you're not yet in a Life Group, that's okay. I understand it takes another step, maybe a boldness and kind of relational courage to take that step to go from a setting like this, where you're all you know, in chairs facing me, to a room where you're in a circle facing other people, and it's a little bit smaller. I know it takes some courage, but this is where we find life. It's where we find relationships. It's where we grow a lot uh, more effectively when we're opening up our life to other people, and we're actually getting to walk with Jesus uh, together, not just kind of in and out in the service. And so we got life groups. Um, there's a slide that kind of shows you guys our different life groups. I think we have currently uh, about six or seven that are operating right now. So on uh, Tuesdays, there's a JBU Life Group. Let's go, JBU. Woo! 
What's the, what's the thing? Yeah, like that? All right, Peckham. All right, so we got a, a JVU Life Group. Then we got a, a college one at the U of A's campus that my wife and I are a part of. Let's go. Yeah, we'll pig. All right, there's a younger, young adult life group. That's those that are out of college. Um, and just, yeah, keep, keep the cheering going. So that's on Tuesdays. And then you see several more on Wednesdays. The one um, with the kiddos, that is, we, it's currently one, but in a couple weeks we're multiplying into two. And so you see some age ranges there and you see location there. And then there's another young adult, another college one off campus. And so, anyways, we wanted to show you that. Also, coming soon, uh, in a few weeks, we're going to have, um, I'm not sure what we're going to call it, but an older adult life group happening on Sunday afternoon. So that's coming soon. We've got a few of you out there. I, I see you. Um, but yeah, let's go. Um, and so that's going to be happening Sundays after church. And so, anyways, I wanted to show you guys this so that you understand, hey, we are serious about this. We're trying to make space and room for you guys to feel like you can not just come in and out in the service, but you connect with real people, build real relationships. Raise your hand if you have been positively impacted by going to life groups. Anybody in this room? Okay, great. Awesome. So uh, I want to encourage you guys to check that out. And the, the next step you can do is go to next steps after the service, and we will give you more information about life group. Okay, you guys ready for the message this morning? Look at your neighbor and ask them if they're ready. Go ahead. All right. Some of you are, some of you are not. It's okay. I'm still preaching. All right. We have been in this series. We're actually in week five of a series that we're titling The Lord is Gracious. And we have had a key verse that we've been kind of basing this series around. It's from Psalm 145, verse 8 and 9. And let's do something different. It's going to be on the screen, but let's do this. Let's stand to our feet. And we're going to read the Word of God together, all right? You guys ready? It's on the screen. Follow along. I'll try to set the pace. And go. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. Amen. Give somebody a high five and take a seat. <laughs> The Lord is gracious. The Lord is gracious. So here's our main simple goals throughout this series. One is that we believe what we just read, that we believe he's gracious, he's compassionate, slow to anger. We believe that. But then the second goal is that we learn to experience him as gracious in our day-to-day lives. Like when you think about the Lord for a second, when tomorrow morning when you wake up or when you're on your way to work or school, like what's your quote-unquote, experience of the Lord, you experience him as gracious to you, full of compassion toward you, slow to anger. And so we want to believe it, and when we experience and believe the truth about who God is, it leads to freedom, and it leads to health inside of our souls. And even more specifically, it leads to freedom in our most common struggles. And so we've been going over some common struggles lately. I'll, go, I'll kind of do a quick review in just a little bit on what we've been um, tackling. But let me give you the definition one more time, another definition. I'm not sure if we have a slide here of a definition of grace or gracious, but this is from the Bible Project. It says, the definitions of grace and gracious can be connected by the idea that to be gracious is to extend kindness or show delight towards someone who may not be deserving of that treatment. Have you ever felt like you might not be deserving of that treatment? I have, but what's so cool as God is still gracious toward you and towards me. Amen. Literally, that's all I need to say today. <laughs> He's gracious to you, even when we don't deserve it. He is so gracious to us. He's not 
just quick to snap at us. He's not waiting for us to mess up so he can correct us. He's not frowning at you constantly. He is so gracious, merciful. He's ready to help us in our time of need even when we don't deserve it. Amen? So look at your neighbor and say, the Lord is gracious to you. Go ahead, tell him. Say, the Lord is gracious to you. You. He's gracious to you. And what we've discovered over the last few weeks is if we ever wonder if this is true about God, what we can do is look at the life of Jesus because we've kind of established this truth that um, Jesus, he is the perfect representation of God the Father. Okay, Hebrews 1, 3, it'll be on the screen. It says this little phrase that Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature. I love that verse. Jesus is the exact imprint. If we ever wonder if God really is gracious, look at the life of Jesus. And that's what we've been doing the last few weeks, looking at different stories in the gospel and seeing Jesus be gracious. So first week, we looked at the woman in John 8 that was caught in adultery, and we saw that Jesus was gracious in our sin. And the next week, we looked at um, a character named Thomas, and another uh, a dad that needed his son to be healed but was struggling with a little bit of doubt, and we saw that Jesus was gracious in our doubt. And then week three, uh, Larry preached about the story of Jesus walking on water and the disciples freaking out and Peter kind of walking for a little bit but then starting to sink. And we saw that Jesus was gracious in our fear. Anybody thankful for that? He's gracious in our fear. Then last week, we looked at a story in Mark 5 of a couple different people, a guy named Jairus um, who needed his daughter to be healed. We looked at a, a woman that was sick for 12 plus years that needed healing. And then we even looked at Jesus being rejected by family and friends. And we saw that Jesus is gracious in the midst of our pain, our physical pain, our emotional pain, and our relational pain. And it's been so encouraging to see God minister to us. I mean, last week, like, all of you came forward for prayer. It was awesome. And, um, it, you know, there's this, there's this thing I pulled out yes, uh, last week from Mark 5 about how Jairus and this woman that needed healing, they came out of the crowd. They made their need known to the Lord, and they found their healing. They found their breakthrough. And so I want to encourage you today, again, as, as the Lord brings up things, come out of this crowd and just come before the Lord. He wants to touch you. He wants to heal you. He wants to minister to you. All right, so this week, here we go. We are talking about how the Lord is gracious in our stress. He is gracious in our stress. Everybody say the word stress. Why don't you say it with a fake smile? Say stress. If you're feeling stressed, say the word stress with a fake smile. It makes you feel better. I'm so, how you doing? I'm stressed. <laughs> you know, it makes you feel a little bit better, actually. And uh, here, here's the deal. Um, we don't like the word stress. We don't like stress. All right, now, now, for those of you that are really technical, I know there's different types of stress. There's good stress, you stress. There's bad stress. So for the purpose of today's message, I'm talking about the bad stress, the stress that wears you out, makes you feel anxious and frustrated, that leaves you feeling exhausted and feeling like you're not thriving. The main point, as it's been throughout this whole series, is this. The Lord is gracious to you in your stress, and he wants to help you. Now, it's also important to realize that we all have stress. Every single one of us, we've got stressful days, we've got stressful weeks, and just stressful times in our life. And for college students, uh, I love this. I didn't really know this, but I just so happened to plan this message right around your first round of exams, right? Is that true? Nod your head, college students. All right. Great. So this, especially freshmen, you're like, you're feeling that, that stress kind of increase a little bit because it's exam time, all right? I love how they plan family weekend right in the middle of uh, exams so that you feel obligated to hang out with your parents all weekend and not study. Anyways, so glad you're here, parents, but man, that is funny timing. 
uh, parents here of small children, you definitely understand stress and uh, just with the craziness of life and trying to keep little kids alive and different times of the year, they're a little more stressful. So we all have stressful moments. And if we're honest, guys, we have some pretty low moments or some embarrassing moments when we're stressed. Yes? Or am I the only one? <laughs> now, uh, so because I have the microphone here, I'm going to do the honors of sharing with you um, some low moments in my stress. All right? Can you bear with I'm just a little confessional here, okay? I'm going to tell you a little story about why there's a lovely, nice little crack on my bedroom door. You ready? You can come over and take a picture of it if you'd like. Anyways, so here's the story. Uh, the first few months of us living here, um, I was apparently feeling a little stressed, just kind of adjusting to a new city, new life. We've got four kiddos. At that time, we only had three, so I don't know why I was so stressed. But anyways, uh, feeling the weight of everything, and I also had recently sprained my ankle pretty bad, so I was feeling that, and um, we were trying to figure out how on earth to start a new church, and so there was just a lot of different stress factors. I didn't, I didn't have the language for it that I do now looking back. But there was one particular uh, morning, which, here's the deal. Parents might understand this, especially if you have young kids. That time in the morning, right before you're trying to get out, out the door to work or to school, that is, that is stressful sometimes, all right? You know, we've got, some of you have amazing kids that just know how to get up and just stay focused and just get, get ready and get out the door. We have one of those kids, but we have another child, bless his little heart. He, he just doesn't understand time in the morning very well. He's so fast at everything else, but not getting ready in the morning, such as last Thursday when I, the bathroom door is locked, and I hear the water running for a long time, and I go over there like, what are you doing in there? He said, washing my hands for 10 minutes. What is on your hand? What's going on, man? We got to go. It's time to get to school. Anyways, one of those lovely mornings, I just like was feeling the stress and the weight of everything, and uh, one good thing I did is I got all the kids in the car, got them in the car seat, strapped them in so they're trapped and they can't make any more problems or messes. And then I get inside to go grab my stuff and I'm just feeling the stress of everything. And I just, I don't know exactly what I did, but I just pro I probably did this. I probably screamed like, ah! And I did, made the great decision of also going like this to my door. And now there's a crack. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The door is pretty thin, pretty light, so don't be impressed with my strength. <laughs> you know, it was in the first year that we had a, a new house we lived in, and technically everything was under warranty. So I really thought, could I call the builder? And Could you get a new door? But it's like, that's going to be too hard to explain. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I share that to you guys and make sure we understand that all of us, including pastors, everybody, we get, we have low moments in our stress, and the Lord wants to help us. He wants to give us grace in the midst of our stresses so that we learn to come to him and find our peace. Now, in our stress, we have certain things that we tend to turn to that uh, are like habits we developed when we're stressed, okay? Some of them are lighthearted, but some of them are also serious, okay? My wife called me out a couple weeks ago. I usually don't drink soda. You know, I'm so healthy, I drink LaCroix sometimes. Anyways, uh, usually, I, my wife who buys the groceries, about once a month, <laughs> around the same week every month, I find soda in my fridge. Anyways, let the reader understand. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
anyways, one of those times I apparently grabbed a soda and was watching a college football game or something. I crack it open and Beth called me out. She said, you must be stressed. I was like, why? Because I had soda. It's like, I'm not stressed. And then just drank the whole soda. Anyways. So there's silly, lighthearted things like that that we do, but there's some things that are actually really hurtful to ourselves and hurtful to others that we run to when we are stressed, okay? I put a couple things on a slide, and you can take a glance at this. So a lot of things that people turn to when we're stressed is things like alcohol, sex, any form of sex, overeating, binge-watching shows and TV and YouTube videos, drugs or unprescribed medication, we blow up in anger at people. Or an interesting one there is isolation. We don't usually think about that one as a stress reliever. But when we're really stressed, oftentimes we give into the temptation, let me avoid people. But really that is pretty dangerous and it's not healthy for us. Now, I wanna, what I want to do is I want to pray because no matter if any of those things on that screen right, you see right now that you constantly turn to when you're stressed, like I still... My whole point of this message is the Lord is gracious, and he wants to help us turn to him and not turn to these unhealthy things in our life when we're stressed. And so what we're going to look at in just a minute is scripture that I think we're going to get a few helpful things to see the Lord is gracious to us in our stress and then give us a few ideas of how to get out of those cycles. All right, but first let me pray and ask the Lord to just have his way as we continue talking about this topic. So Lord, here we are again. We just... We need help. Every one of us, Lord, we struggle with stress sometimes. And Lord, we ask you that this morning we would experience you and encounter you as so gracious to us in our stresses. But Father, also we ask you that you would deposit in every single one of us some insight, some wisdom from your spirit about how to run to you in our stresses, how to lay things down at your feet, how to find peace in the midst of stress. So, Lord, we just ask that you would help us and you would lead this time. Speak, just give at least one thing to every person in this room this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Okay, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to Luke, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're going to look at a story in just a second here. Uh, as you're turning, let me put another slide up there that has some uh, healthy stress relievers here. Uh, you can take a picture of this if you want. So what we're going to really do is dive into Scripture and uh, pull out some... Um, biblical truths about walking in the Lord's peace and overcoming stress. But I also want you to see this, because some of you know that God created our entire being, okay? So mind, soul, body, spirit, everything. And there's different practical things. There's a couple things related to your relationship with God that's on that screen right there. Um, but there's just really some practical things that actually the Lord created our bodies uh, in a way that we can relieve stress and healthier outlets, okay? So to please take a picture of that. Every time there's a screen, uh, like a slide, you can always take a picture. It's not like one of those weddings where it's like, don't pull out your phone. Anyways, you can do that here at church, all right? Uh, some of that was your weddings that I appreciated, and I said the announcement. Anyway, so, so I mean, listen, at first, I would put water up there as, as a joke, kind of to parallel alcohol, but I, then I looked it up, and I realized, oh, that's actually true. Water really helps you <laughs> relieve stress. So drink water, uh, working out, exercise, and go for a walk journaling your stresses to God, just talk, God, why am I so stressed? Just help me understand what's going on. Okay, other things like deep breathing or taking a nap, letting your anger out before God. So that's that one, let me comment on that one. It's interesting because, you know, when you're stressed, sometimes in different, different ones of us, based on your personality, you go different directions. You know, you might, some of you might more tend to just get really down and depressed or isolate yourself, and others might lash out in anger. But the Lord is okay with your emotions. And so I specifically said letting your anger out before God, 
so that you don't lay it out on somebody else. And so just having moments where you're alone with the Lord and you can be honest and real is so healthy for us. And then last one, receiving empathy and prayer from close friends. That's why we talk about life groups so much is because we need each other when we're feeling low, feeling stressed. All right? Let's look at the Word of God, Luke chapter 10. And, you know, it's important to note that there are characters all over the Bible that uh, experience stress. Okay? Even Jesus himself experienced stress. If you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was crucified, he was experiencing excruciating uh, stress, even leading up to his uh, crucifixion. So that's important to note because the Lord, it helps us know that the Lord is, he understands. He's gracious to us in the midst of our stresses. All right. Let's look at Luke chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 38. It's the story of two sisters, one of which seems to be a little bit stressed out. And we're going to see how Jesus handles her and what we can learn from this story. All right, so Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. You guys there? All right, let's do it. It says, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I'm going to read the words of Jesus one more time. Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled. You could use the word stress there about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. So we're going to dive into this story, and we're going to pull out a couple truths that I think could be helpful uh, from this passage. So I want you to first give grace to Martha, all right? So as you read this story, she seems like, you know, the, the bad girl in this story, but I want you to see that, you know, no, no, no. She, she welcomed Jesus into her house. That's a great start. And she wanted to serve him. That's another great start. So she's not like the bad character here. It's just something particular the Lord wanted to speak to her and minister to her. Or when you hear him say, Martha, Martha, don't, say, don't think like a tone that's just really uh, angry. Martha, I can't believe it. You know, it's like, no, Martha, listen. I have something to tell you. All right, but we are going to look at some of Martha's stress factors, okay? We're going to look at four different things that I pulled out from this little passage that I think could be helpful for us. So Martha's uh, stress factors here, all right? So here we go. Uh, you're going to find three of them in verse 40 and another one in verse 42. So verse 40 says again that Martha was distracted with much serving. Everybody say much serving. Everybody say the word much. So it's, here is one thing that I see in Martha that maybe was causing her to get stressed out. She was, number one, doing too much. She was doing too much. She said yes to too many things. There was too many things on her plate, and her plate was a little bit too full. So for us, sometimes in certain seasons, we do too much, and the result is we feel stressed out. We're wondering why we're stressed out, and it's just look at your schedule, and I could probably help you see why you're stressed out. Maybe we're doing too much. And so a helpful tip I've been trying to do uh, in different seasons of my life is before you commit to a bunch of things, usually there's cycles, you know, throughout the year, like right before the fall, you have an opportunity to commit to different things, and then again in the spring, and then again in the summer. So for most of us, that's kind of what it looks like. 
before you commit, just evaluate each season and figure out what are the things you need to say yes to and what are the things you need to say no to. And just because something is a good, good thing or a good idea doesn't mean you have to say yes. Is that right? Just because it's good doesn't mean it, you have to say yes. Think through your commitments. And here's a couple ways that you could think about it. How, how will my commitments and what I've said yes to, how will that affect my time and my relationship with God? Okay, how will it affect my personal health? How will it affect my family or my closest relationships? How will it affect my fruitfulness in obeying God and, and walking out in the things that he's called me to do? So one of Martha's problems was she was maybe doing a little bit too much. And I think that's helpful for us to see because we can also take a step back and evaluate what have we said yes to and are we doing too much? Let's look at the second thing in verse 40. So she was distracted by much serving and then she went up to Jesus and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. But let's focus on that first little phrase. Lord, do you not care? Everybody say care. These middle two things I'm going to pull out here are lies that it seems like maybe Martha was believing. Lie number one, which is point number two here, is God doesn't care. Or he might not care about what I'm doing, what's going on in my life, the details of my life. So for us, here's my encouragement. You ready? He cares. <laughs> he cares about you. He cares about me. He cares about the big, huge things in your life, and he cares about the little, smallest details of your life. Do you believe it? He cares about you. He knows you. It's so amazing. That's why we can, like, sit here and, and shout how holy and worthy he is because he's just so big and vast, and he knows us all personally and intimately. It's so amazing. He does absolutely care, and specifically, he cares about the things that are stressing you out. He cares about those things, and the invitation, though, is to talk to him about those things because he cares. When we believe a lie that he doesn't care, we tend to not talk to God about the things that we think he doesn't care about. Does that make sense? But when you believe that he cares about the details of your life, your schedule, and all the things that maybe are stressing you out, then we can receive some sort of breakthrough. Here's an example. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, the morning routine is, again, just, just one of my weak spots. That's what stresses me out. From 7 a.m. to 7.30, don't come over to my house because you're not going to find uh, a very joyful Mitchell sometimes. But I'm getting some breakthrough. You ready? So here's what I did. I realized, gosh, this is, this is the moment right here. This is game time. This is crunch time. But I can get so easily stressed out because I'm trying to get out the door. And it's early and it's morning. And so I, I talked to God. I journaled. I don't have my journal here. But I was like, Lord, help me understand what can change about our morning routine. And I just was in God's presence trying to listen to him. And I had like three or four ideas. And all of it was kind of summed up with just, just get prepared the night before for 7 to 7.30 a.m. <laughs> And so it was like, make the kids' lunches already the night before and do a couple other things um, to get ready. And guess what? This week, I would say, was one of the most successful weeks of 7 to 7.30 a.m., all right? <laughs> Praise God. There's some breakthrough. No more cracks on any other door in our house, okay? Praise God. All right, but, but, but think about your life. Okay, what are the things? Try to evaluate what are the trigger points, okay? But, but talk to the Lord. Even if it seems like a minute detail of your life, Talk to him about it. There's some things he might share with you that uh, might help you in those stressful moments. All right? It reminds me of 1 Peter 5, 7. 
It's this little phrase that says, cast all your anxieties. You can also use the word stresses. Cast all your stresses, all your anxieties on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. Look at your neighbor and say, he cares for you. Such a powerful truth. All right, let's look at the back half of that statement in verse 40 that she says to the Lord. First, she says, Lord, do you not care? Second thing, she says, my sister has left me to serve alone. Everybody say the word alone. This is another lie that I believe that maybe Martha was struggling with, and that is this. She believed the lie that it was all on me. Here I am serving all alone. So here's the reality that was true for Martha, but is also so true for us. We are not alone. Two, two uh, I guess I'll say people, are always available to help us. You ready? One is God. Everybody say God. <laughs> he always wants to help you. And the other group is other people. Say other people. <laughs> there are other people that want to help you. Do you know that? Like no matter what is the stress factor in your life, the reality is there are plenty of people that are willing to help you. Sometimes we assume that someone's too busy or they don't want to help or my pr problem's too minute. I don't want to put it on somebody else. And it kind of, what it does is it kind of backfires because then we believe this lie. Oh, it's all on me and I got to fix my own problems. But the reality is, no, there are people, look, I mean, look across this room. There are people in this room that would love to help you, love to serve you, love to bless you, no matter what that problem is. I literally had a guy yesterday, he was at my son's uh, football game, and just asked me and my wife, hey, is there any way I can bless you? <laughs> and it's just such a blessing to be asked that question, and it confirms that there are people that want to help you. There are people that want to bless you. There are people that want to help lift the load and the stresses off of our lives. And also... You know, there's, it's kind of related to this lie. It's like all on me. Oftentimes we feel kind of a subtle pressure. It's mainly, mainly pressure to perform that a lot of us feel. And I think, I don't know exactly why. <laughs> I'm not a sociologist, but just like thinking about our culture, you know, we're, it's, we're pretty performance-oriented or there's a lot of things that are put on display, uh, whether it's through social media outlets or literally you're all staring at me right now. I'm in the middle of, you know, a crowd of 100-something people. It's like it, it's so performance-driven. And the Lord really was helping me this summer when I did a sabbatical just to take a step back and think about, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I assume and I take on a lot of pressure based on what I think you're thinking. Okay, let me just be honest with you about how I lead this church. I assume there are certain pressures. In, in our life or your workplace or your relationships, you're probably assuming certain pressures from others, from your boss or whatever. But I think the breakthrough is, that is continuing to happen, still getting there, um, is I am just like, I am, I am turning my attention away from that and like, what, what does the Lord expect of me? Because his expectations are not burdensome. They are healthy. They are right. They are freeing. There's a little scripture in 1 John that says his commands are not burdensome. His expectations are not heavy and draining. Okay, there's things he asks us to do that might be uncomfortable, but, but his expectations of us are very healthy, actually, and they free us. And so my encouragement as I'm learning and on this journey to also just direct your attention, no matter what, you know, conversations you need to have, maybe with a boss or your spouse, like what are the expectations, but just like direct your focus on what does the Lord expect of me? And so, for example, he, what he wants me to do is love you, serve you, preach the truth, and help all of you be point, pointed to Jesus, not me. That's what he wants, okay? And so I'm trying uh, to do that. Like when we extend worship because he's here, it's like, man, that's what he wants, is for us to be pointed to Jesus, not to ourselves, 
All right, so it's just been an example of how the Lord has been helping me. So here's what I would encourage you guys to do is ask the Lord that question. Lord, what do you expect of me? I don't want to have this lie that's all on me or all this pressure. What do you want? And I bet you it's going to be pretty simple. He wants you to love him. He wants you to serve other people and be humble. You know, it's like not that complicated. All right, so number four here, and we've gone through the first three things that might be Martha's stress factors, and they're kind of relatable to us, but let's look at the last one in verse 42. Let's actually start in 41. It says, The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled and stressed about many things, but, here's what he says in verse 42, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen that good portion which will not be taken from her. That one thing is necessary is that phrase I want us to see. As I was thinking about that, I think what he was trying to help Martha do was help her see that some of her priorities were a little bit off. So that's point number four. Some of Martha's stress factors was that her priorities were getting a little bit out of order. So for us, I think it's a good question, healthy question to ask is, okay, do I have my life ordered in the right priority? Okay, sometimes it's hard to evaluate yourself, so here's, here's something that's really humbling. Ask somebody that knows you really well, especially if you're married, ask your spouse. How are my priorities in life? Give me some honest feedback here. What, what, what does it appear to you like my top priority is? That is a dangerous question, especially if you're married. All of you who are married, you understand. <laughs> but ask it. Oh, gosh, ask it. Because it's so helpful and humbling when we, like, have a reality check of, okay, I need to adjust some of my priorities. Ask your roommates if you're not married, okay? Ask your parents, okay, if you're in college. You know, ask, ask just what does it seem like my priorities are? And here's, uh, again, let me summarize what I think would be a good idea here of, like, some priorities. They're general categories, but here's my encouragement if you're a follower of Jesus, is your number one priority is about your relationship with God. That's your number one priority. Number two priority or category is your relationship with the people that are closest to you. Okay, if you're married, it's your spouse, or your kids, your family, you, uh, it's like that is, I think, another good category of, of priority. And then third would be, like, your, your primary assignment right now. So if you're a college student, you know, it's probably something related to school. If you have a job, it's something related probably to your job. Like, that needs to be one of your priorities in life, all right? And it's just so good to reevaluate how am I doing on my priorities, and are they in the right order? You guys tracking with me? Now, I want you to see this, though, because I'm going to kind of change direction a little bit and give you something that I think will be really helpful in this whole topic of, like, experiencing the Lord is gracious in our stresses. But I want you to see what was the priority that Jesus was highlighting to Martha that she was missing a little bit. Does anybody know what it is? Look at that story. There was a particular priority that she was missing. And let me just give it to you. What he was highlighting was the priority of sitting at Jesus' feet. Just just think about it for a second. Of all the things that, you know, he could say, or all the priorities, what he was saying is, Mary did get it right. It's actually a higher priority to sit at my feet and listen to me than it is to make me a great meal because I can multiply food anyways. You know, <laughs> you know like sit, listen to the words of Yahweh in flesh and your soul will live. <laughs> You'll be satisfied. Even your stomach will be satisfied. So making him, his presence, listening to him, hearing his word, connection with Jesus, enjoying him, resting in him, that was the priority that Jesus was highlighting to Martha. And here's what I would suggest to all of us, is that still 
is the priority if you're a follower of Jesus. Learning to sit at his feet. Learning to connect with him. Learning to strengthen your relationship with Jesus is still the top priority, especially if we want to have any chance to not be bogged down by the stresses of this life. We must learn to listen to the words of eternal life and be in the presence of Almighty God who supersedes the different cultural trends in our generation. We must learn to sit at his feet, prioritizing, connecting with him if we want to have any chance to not be overwhelmed by the stresses of this life. And let me say it in two different ways. There's the daily sitting at his feet. There's the daily, we call it here, time with Jesus or time with God or TWJ if I'm texting you. <laughs> uh, time with God, you know, like that's what we call it. It's like the daily discipline. But let me also comment on a weekly discipline that you see all throughout Scripture that's connected to the same thing, and that's the discipline of Sabbath. Everybody say the word Sabbath. Now, this is pretty much how I'm going to close out the message is I'm going to talk a little bit about Sabbath again because I believe this is a, going to be a helpful, I guess I'll call it gift from God, really, if we want to experience the Lord in the midst of our stress and find some breakthrough and some freedom is learning to practice this thing called Sabbath. Again, say that word again. Say Sabbath. All right, so I could do a whole series on Sabbath. Okay, where did this idea come from? Why was it commanded? What can we learn about the gospel from Sabbath, the fruit of Sabbath rest? Okay, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give you like five minutes here, and then we'll be done. Uh, but I believe that prioritizing some form of Sabbath in your life is going to actually be a huge game changer for you not to live under the weight of the stresses that this life brings. All right? And let me say it a different way. The, the idea, God's idea of Sabbath is, like give him giving that to us, that is him being gracious to us in the midst of our stress. <laughs> he gave us this amazing gift. Now let me give you a couple <laughs> observations about the Sabbath uh, before I kind of give you a, a couple maybe helpful tips here. One observation is that it was a command in the Old Testament. Everybody say the word command. Okay, the Israelites were commanded to take a 24-hour period of rest and to stop from the work and rest as a form of worship to the Lord, so it was a command. Number two is it was also a gift from God to his people. Everybody say gift. So it was a command, it was also a gift. And another observation kind of today for us is that it's very countercultural in the American culture, okay? And a lot of people say, oh, that's not even possible for me. No way. I got to work, 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 unless you work at Chick-fil-A. Anyways, you got to, <laughs> it's like not, it's pretty countercultural. I got too much, I got too much school, I got too much. And then the, here's, my, here's my last observation that I just think is hilarious. There's kind of like a, a kind of a, mm, I don't know how to, how to call it, but kind of a floating, just kind of general, like, little bit of accusation, specifically about Sabbath, that if you are a person that tries to still keep that, that you're religious and legalistic. Which I think is so funny, because I've never heard anybody talk about any of the other Ten Commandments and say, if you try to keep that, you're so religious. So here's, um, why don't you pull out your phone real quick. Everybody pull out your phone. I know it's church. Pull out your phone real quick. And there's a slide that's going to pop up here. And all it is is a QR code, all right? <laughs> um, so take a picture of that real quick because I think it'll uh, take you to um, a page. We're not going to look at that page. I just want it to be kind of pulled up on one of your tabs um, on your phone there. But what that is is it's going to give you a 
couple of resources um, throughout that we've used throughout the series, but one new one on there is a resource on the Sabbath. It's, uh, it's a kind of e- free little ebook written by a guy named Pete Scazzaro. He's a, a pastor and leader up in New York. He wrote a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality several years ago and developed a course called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. It's some really rich stuff. I've been listening to him uh, for the last few months or so. And anyways, he's got a really great resource on Sabbath. It's a pretty easy read. You can read it from your phone. But this is, let me, let me give you a summarized version of what he t- says is a good idea, kind of the framework of a Sabbath day. All right, so there's four things that will be up here on the screen. There's four words for a Sabbath or things to do on a Sabbath. One is stop. Second is rest, third is delight, and fourth is contemplate, or you could use the word worship. So stop simply just means, hey, primarily stopping work. There might be a few other things that as you talk with God about, he may encourage you, like, hey, on, on a Sabbath day, if you start practicing this, go ahead and stop doing blank. Second is rest. Like literally, it is physical rest, but what are restful activities you can do that recharge your soul? Third is delight. This simply talks about like enjoying the things that God made, enjoying the people that he put in your life, and delighting in the things of God. And then fourth, contemplate. It's another word to say worship, but just spending extended time reflecting on God, on your relationship with him, spending extended time in his presence. Not necessarily, I would discourage like the, I mean, unless the Lord leads you, but you know, not the hardcore intercession for, you know, three hours. I'm just going like this and, you know, pulling down strongholds all day. You know, if you want to, great. Pull down those strongholds, all right? Uh, but it's more like, man, I just, I'm enjoying God's prayer. I'm talking to him, listening to him, sitting at his feet and listening to his words. All right? Now, here is, again, I, I understand. I, I'm not going to ask the question of, like, how many of you guys try to practice Sabbath because, again, I know it's so countercultural and there's so many different obstacles that could come up. But just my encouragement is to practice it, to try it. Start with something. If you don't feel like a good first step is try to take a 24-hour period, that's fine. Start with a four-hour period where you just are intentionally doing something different than what your normal week looks like, and it's unto the Lord. And the reason why is because this whole thing called Sabbath is a gift from God to help us experience him, his peace, his presence in our life. And I think it's directly connected to how stressed out we feel often, especially in America. But if we learn to rest, if we learn that the pressure is not all on me, life still goes on even when I'm not working, then I think it could really relieve some of the unnecessary stresses that we might feel in our life. All right, last thing I'm going to show you here is some practical ideas that I typed out to help you Sabbath well. You can take a picture of this or you can jot these things down. There's uh, five or six things here. These are things that I try to do um, on my side. I started practicing Sabbath a little less than a year ago, um, and it's been so tremendously helpful. It doesn't fix all my problems, but I look forward to Sabbath day every single week. It's on Friday for me. So a couple things. I'm trying to pick the same day and same time frame each week. Another idea is turn your phone off or for all or part of your Sabbath day. Another thing is don't try to plan too many events to avoid hurrying around town. Another thing is get extended time alone with God, spending time outside, do an activity that you really enjoy. For me, usually that is basketball. Uh, hey, you got some basketball fans over there. Or, oh, Jeremy, is that you? Yeah, 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 you're Mitchell fan. Okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did play basketball with Jeremy once. It was great. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, Fridays, usually I'll drop my boys off from school, and then I'll go to the it's called Springdale Rec Center and just play basketball. It's just me enjoying something that I'm, I'm not left-handed, I'm right-handed, uh, enjoying something that I like. I love it. It's fun to me. It's like me on this court by myself, dribbling. I got these old ladies, like in their 80s, walking around the court, kind of doing their workout. I got some guys, like big, tall, black guys that wearing junior NBA shirts, doing some training over here, and I'm like... And I'm in the middle, white dude, usually have my glasses on, listening to KB though in my ears. Anyways, crossing people over in my mind. Anyways, but <laughs> like, where do I belong? With those guys over there or these ladies? Anyways, well, uh, yeah, it was confirmed on fr Friday, two days ago. I was doing a layup and my ball got stuck between the rim and the backboard. And then I try to, I run and try to jump and get it and come up six inches short. And then it was, I could walk a shame to these other guys over here, like, hey, can I borrow your ball real quick? <laughs> you know? And then I go get the ball done. Anyways, it was confirmed. I should be with the old ladies. Um, anyways, but it was a great, enjoyable moment with the Lord playing basketball. So what is it, something that you delight in, you have fun doing, that you can look forward to um, on a Sabbath day? And then the last one that's said there is spending time with people that make you laugh. All right, band, go ahead and come on up. And I'm going to close it out by just reading one verse that is just so powerful to read and meditate on and think about. But it is, I believe, just such an invitation from God that's related to this topic of experiencing his graciousness in the midst of our stress. And so I'm going to read this verse just a second, and then we're going to spend some time just offering prayer for any of you guys that want some prayer. Uh, maybe you feel a little bit more overwhelmed lately with some stresses in your life. The Lord is gracious to you and wants to minister to you and wants to help you out. Let me read this verse. It's from Matthew 11. It might sound familiar to some of you guys. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. It'll be on the screen here behind me. Here is the words of Jesus. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. I'm going to read that one more time, but this time I just want to encourage you to just close your eyes and feel comfortable doing that. Close your eyes and just like picture the, the Lord Jesus saying this to you in the midst of your stresses, in the midst of the things that are in your mind that are stress factors. Just picture the Lord Jesus speaking this over you. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you meant this when you said it, and you still are speaking that over us today. Just like Mary chose to sit at your feet and listen to your words, Lord, we listen right now to those words. Come to me. You'll find rest for your soul. Lord, we need it. Thank you that you're willing and you're so gracious to give it to us. So, Lord, I just pray over every one of us in this room that just needs you to lift burdens and lift stresses. Lord, I just pray for every single person in this room, including myself, Lord, that we would experience you as gracious, lifting our burdens being gracious towards us in our stress. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet.
life group leaders and staff, why don't you guys go ahead and come on forward. Just make yourself available uh, for prayer. If you guys want prayer for anything this morning, again, especially if you've been struggling a lot with just feeling overwhelmed or stressed out, then we want to just pray the grace of God over you, minister to you this morning. So feel free to come forward, receive some prayer, and then we'll close it out in a couple minutes.